0: Hi there, welcome to Mosaic Intercultural Church, coming to you from London, Ontario, Canada. My name is Andrew Karam, and I'm the Executive Director and Pastor of Mosaic, and I want to welcome you to our sermon podcast. If you want to learn more about Mosaic, you can find us online at www.mosaicchurchlondon.com. Let's pray and then we'll get into the scriptures. Father in heaven, you have given us so much this morning to give you thanks for. Thank you for drawing us into the holy place through Jesus, your Son, by the power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you so much, God. We want to hear your word. We want to do your word as your spirit leads us and gives us power. So, would you open up our ears, move our hearts, And awaken our desire, awaken our courage, awaken our faith. God, grant us faith to respond to you in ways that would just give you tons of joy. And we know that the things that please you and that give you joy are the greatest possible. They are so good, and they're for the blessing of the whole world. So thanks in advance, Father. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So our scripture this morning comes from the book of Ephesians, which you can read in your little pamphlets. I'm going to read it as well from uh, my printed Bible here. This is Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 21. For this reason, Paul writes, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now, God has clearly gone before us in this this sermon. He gave the sermon last night as Dada was sleeping, and she had this dream, right? And the dream uh, called her and calls us to, to recognize the power of God, to love God for his power, sure, but to recognize that actually his power is the expression of his love. That the ex- exercise of God's power is the exercise of God's love. God is love. And here in this passage, we have, the, um, we have these themes of power and love intertwined. And the Lord has given us an exhortation to certainly believe him, believe that he, the creator of all things, is able to do abundantly more than we can ask or imagine, but not to fixate on what his power can do for us, but to actually enter into the experience of that love, which God is, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, which then manifests itself in works of power that we can experience and enjoy. So God has already been speaking to us about that. The songs have called us, to worship God in this way. The testimonies have, have called us to worship God in this way. And so uh, this is amazing. We have, we have heard this passage offered to us already uh, in our service. So I just praise God for the way that his spirit works and for the way that he wants to help us no matter where we're coming from. He wants us to experience this for ourselves. And So the, 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 the phrase that catches my attention and that I'd love us to focus on here for a little bit is that in this passage, we actually have an incredible paradox, and it's a beautiful reality. But we are called, and we we actually have hope, to know the unknowable and to grasp the ungraspable. In Jesus Christ, God gives us the capacity to know the unknowable To grasp the ungraspable. Because this incredible power of God is his love. Which comes to us by his grace. So that God himself might dwell within us. And if God gives us God's self. If God gives us himself to dwell within us. The very presence of Christ. Then the one who surpasses knowledge. Is actually who we experience. Day by day. We are on this incredible eternal journey. Of knowing the That the one who surpasses knowledge. And as Paul says in verse 18 and 19, God can give us power to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Well, can you you grasp something that is infinite? My hands can't, right? My hands are fit for a baby to wrap its fingers around, right? A baby can grasp my finger. (laughs) My finger can grasp another person's hand. I cannot grasp the infinite, but in Jesus Christ, if Christ dwells within us, then we can grasp how wide and long and high is the love of Christ because that love grasps us and carries us along. This is an amazing, amazing gift. And this passage in Ephesians chapter 3 is kind of like an echo, if you will, of the very beginning of, of the book of Ephesians. In chapter 1, verse, tw- uh, verse 15, all the way to verse 23, Paul talks about how he has been praying for these people. And he has been praying that they would know God's power, that they would know the riches of his inheritance in the saints, that they would know the power for, for us who believe. And that power is the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, which we have talked about already this great power that brought all things into creation and has sustained them, rescued us all through Jesus and his death and resurrection, that's the power that is available for us. And now after explaining to us all that Jesus' death and resurrection has done and all that God has done in Jesus for us, Paul brings it back again. He says, I'm praying for you. I'm kneeling down and I'm praying for you. And I'm praying that you might, by the power of God, know God who is beyond our knowledge and grasp how wide and long and high is the love of Christ, which surpasses our grasp. To know the unknowable, to grasp the ungraspable. And so I want to just take a couple of minutes and reflect with us. What does that look like? When you've got a man praying, kneeling before God, raising his hands in prayer and saying, God, I pray for these people that they might know you that they might be strengthened in their inner being, that you would dwell in them by Christ, by the power of your Holy Spirit. What does that look like in a community when God says, yes, when God says, absolutely, I will fill this community with my very self? Well, it means that that community has to be filled, obviously, with the very practical love of God that community in in the in the hidden ways the things that are hidden in that community are actually the things that bring forth life you know sometimes in our communities what we hide and the things that we don't want other people to know the things that we don't think are knowable are the bad things right we don't want people to know our sin we don't want people to know how badly our leaders messed up we don't want those things to be known but in the in in the gospel, in life in in Jesus Christ, the thing that's actually hidden in the church, the the thing that's hidden and invisible is the life of God himself. That God actually dwells in our hearts by faith, which means that it's an invisible reality. But that's the deepest truth about who we are as God's people. We are God's people, holy and dearly loved. God dwells in us by his spirit. And so that the hidden things inside of us are like what's hidden deep, deep down under the ground here. Are you guys on a well? Are you guys on? Yeah. So Norman, Donna, their water, the drinkable water for their house, comes from deep underground here. How deep's your well? How long? 180 feet under you, there is an aquifer. Yeah, there's there's water, and that water has been filtered by all the soil and the rock, and the minerals, so that that water is drinkable. It's clean. And they get it tested to make sure that that it will actually sustain life and it won't poison you, right? Because this ground, like the earth, actually filters the water so that we can enjoy it. And so 180 feet down, there's a well. And that well brings forth drinking water for a family to live here. That's a picture of what it's like to have the Holy Spirit, God dwelling in the community, by the power of his Holy Spirit, to have Christ be living within us. That what's hidden deep within us is not the sin that we always want to hide. It's actually the life of God. The refreshing water, the living water of the Holy Spirit. And so one of the things that it looks like if a community actually is knowing the love of God, is that that living water of the Holy Spirit inside of us is purifying us and leading us to repent of our sin and to actually say, okay, I have blown it, God. I have, I have, I have sinned in this way. I've been, I've been selfish over here. I was unteachable over there. I was arrogant and cocky there, and I hate myself. And so, ah. But the living water of the Holy Spirit says, yeah, bring that to light. Bring that to light, that you might be cleansed and that you might be made clean you might be made fresh. And so the Spirit of God cleanses us of our sin. He's the living water. And then what do we have to offer others? We have living water, the very presence of Christ to offer to other people. And that's another mark of a community in whom God is dwelling, is that this love that surpasses our grasp carries us outward beyond ourselves. Which again, we've seen in our in our in our testimony time, right? Like Kenny and Aklai have been grasped by this love of God as so many of us have and this love of God is propelling them to gain skills so that they can be healers. They can be ministers of healing to others using all of the wisdom that's available in this world which is all the good gift of God using it in the name of Jesus to bring healing and help to people because the The height, the the length, the breadth, the depth of the love of Christ is infinite. So it's always carrying us beyond ourselves, deeper into love, deeper into mission, deeper into practical acts of service. And that's actually unstoppable, right? Like we have had many people in our church whose testimony has been that we served in churches in the past and we got burned out right? Serving in church can burn people out. There's no question about that. And when that happens, you got to ask, you got to ask, okay, how, how is it that in the community of people in whom Jesus lives, whose love is infinite and is like this powerful stream of living water, how is it that we can burn out? Why is it that so many of us have that experience in our past? And we can so easily flip things around by, by and this gets back to Dada's dream, right? We can flip it around and say, well, God wants me to be productive. And my productivity, my power is more important than my experience of God's love, right? It's, I mean, that's just the common, common thing. I need to be productive in order for other people to be impressed with me and in order for God to be pleased with me. And therefore, I got to, if I'm not experiencing God's love, I just got to press on. And so I press on and press on and press on. And then my experience of God's love gets thinner and thinner. And that what should be a beautiful well that that refreshes me becomes a trickle, a dry trickle. It's awful. But the good news is, and this is, again, a testimony of many people in our church. When we actually come back to the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, when we come back to God and we say, okay, God, you are all love. You are infinite power and joy. So Lord, grant me a new experience of your love for me. What we find is actually energy to serve. We find energy to continue to love others in practical ways. And something happens. We come alive because the love of God transforms us. It really is that infinite source of power as well. And so for us as a church, when we think about our neighborhood, we always want to be fueled by the love of God. And we want to put that love of God into practical use. We want to learn how to practically serve the people around us more and more each day. And that's that's why we're getting together this coming Wednesday to talk about barbecues. Because the people in our church, like you, you guys heard from Sham and Noah and, and Dada last week, we've been asking God, how do we help people experience this love? And the reality is that that people need to experience the love of God through us. Jesus absolutely speaks to people through dreams and visions. He's doing it Now he's doing it all over our city and all around the world. Absolutely. But those dreams and visions will always lead back to a community where that community will say, yeah, we want to follow Jesus together and we want to show you how to follow Jesus with us. And so as a church, we're called to go and offer people the opportunity to know Christ. We are called to go put into action the practical service that Jesus wants us to do. So we think about barbecues. We just think about our community. We also think about just clearing bugs off each other's faces. <laughs> but we want to understand our community, right? We want to understand, well, what would bring refreshment to my neighbor? What would just bring a smile to my neighbor's face? And for some of our neighbors, a couple hours of babysitting would be a great gift, right? And so we, we want to pray that God would give us power to run programs so that we can bless parents with some good healthy space for their kids so the parents can have a bit of a break. For others, it's like we just, we'll be refreshed if we get together with the community and there's a barbecue happening and people can be together, there's laughter, there's all this creative stuff going on. And I'm like, okay, the love of Christ compels us to go and to love our neighbors practically. But the love of Christ is what we are always fueled by and reaching out for. At no point are we called Away from the love of Christ—that's foolishness. And the the picture in my mind is of uh, of the rivers around here. Have you guys um, you guys ever heard about how high the rivers around here used to be? Yeah. So if you go out to the Thames River right now, right, go into London, or if you're out here, go to the Osable River or where, what have you, uh, you can usually uh, walk across these rivers. In many of them, not, not all the places, but in if you go downtown and go through the river, you can walk through that, through through parts of that. Um, might come up to your waist or something like that. They're not very deep. Do you know why that is? Yeah? What's that? There, Yeah, there are dams. Yeah, yeah, there are. Well, I heard once that these rivers, and, and you can go all across southern Ontario, wherever these rivers are. When, when the Europeans first came to this land and they were... Um, developing a relationship with indigenous peoples, everybody traveled by canoe, right? They traveled by boats. The rivers were deep enough that they were the highways. The rivers were the highways. And, and then, which means the rivers were a lot deeper 200 years ago and a lot more reliable 200 years ago than they are now. And so wh- one of the things that has changed massively is that all across southern Ontario, we have farms. And the farms require water. So the rivers, this is what I've heard, the rivers have been diverted to a certain degree to water the farms, and so the rivers have gone down, right? So just different land use affects the level of the water. Well, isn't that a bit of a concern? <laughs> Doesn't that make you stop and think, like, huh, like, what if all of that that water, like, we we are watching in our climate these days. We're watching the water migrate from place to place. We watch California burn. Anyway, I'm trying. I'm trying to stay focused here. Um, <laughs> woo, let's stay focused. So the the point is that if we protect the source, the river source, then the land is healthy, right? If we if we allow our land use to deplete the water source, then the water can actually go away. We can transform the amount of water available in our ecosystem here. And that could be a big problem. To get back to California, one of the things that's very possible is that with all of the transportation of fruit that was raised in California, right, and then sent away, they depleted the amount of water there, which makes it drier. And now there are a lot of fires in California. Now, all of that you should go and check up and read on your own, okay? But the point is this that as Christians, we have this well of living water, the presence of Christ within us. It should be a deep and powerful flowing river. And our lives need to be filled with that water. And if we end up doing so much activity in our lives that that water level depletes, and we run dry, we do not then have refreshment to offer to others. That's the point. So when Paul says to, to the Ephesians, I, want, I am praying, I'm on my knees begging that God would fill you with his presence, that Christ would dwell in your hearts by faith, that you would know the, the love of Christ and that you would grasp this love that, that can't be grasped. When he says, I want you to know the unknowable and grasp the ungraspable, he's not talking about, about theories. He's not talking about crazy ideas. He's talking about the genuine source of life. He's talking about the river that will not run dry. He's talking about the source of eternal life for the whole world and renewal for the whole world. That river flows in the church and is for the blessing of the nations. And so we want to agree with Paul's prayer and to recognize that the greatest possible thing that we could ever attain to is what he asks for here, that we would be immersed in and fueled by and overflowing with the love of God. Because that love is the source of all good things, of all that is. And so when we praise God that he is able to do abundantly more than we can ask or imagine in the church and in Christ Jesus, we give him thanks that that greatest reality, that Christ would dwell in us, that God can make it happen. And that our lives could be like a land that is well balanced, right? Where there are fertile forests, fertile Fertile mission, but also the waters are perpetually being renewed day by day because the living streams of God's presence in us are, are, are alive and overflowing. So this week, I want to ask you to join Paul in prayer, to pray for each other and to pray for our neighbors, to pray for the church here in London. These prayers, like this prayer from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 21, I want to ask you to pray that. Pray that every day. Pray that Christ would dwell in our hearts through faith, that we would repent of our sin, that we would put on the practical love that is the expression of God in us, that God would give us power to love our neighbors, that our water would be like the waters of this land 200 years ago, deep, consistent, a source of refreshment and life. And let's plan for it. Let's plan for ways that we can love our neighborhood, the way, ways that we can share this love with others. I feel like every time we gather for worship, God refreshes us with that. He refreshes us with the living water because he wants to give that water to others through us. Amen? All right, let's pray. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you. We thank you for this I guess this elder of ours, uh, Paul, who knelt before you and who prayed this prayer. God, we thank you that you have been answering that prayer all throughout history, that you have been dwelling in your church because of your grace as you give us faith. God, we ask that you would increase our faith, that you would strengthen us in our inner being so that Christ may dwell in us. We ask, Lord, that we would be rooted and established in your love, that your love in us would be like that powerful flowing river. And God, we confess that our sin is real, and we need you to drive it out, to cleanse us, to cleanse us of all of the twisted ways that we disconnect from your love, that we turn in on ourselves, that we reject loving other people. God, forgive us for that, please. Cleanse us. And God, with the power of your spirit, bring refreshment to our souls and refreshment to our our networks of relationship, our families, our friends, uh, our coworkers. And God, I pray that you would teach us to pray with Paul, these very words. And I pray, Lord God, that you would give us strength as a church to put into practice good plans, plans to, to, to express your love in practical ways to our neighborhood and to those around us. God, you're able to do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. And so I recognize that my prayer is small and I pray that you would far surpass it in your answers and in your delighted yes. And I ask this in the power of Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to a sermon podcast from Mosaic Intercultural Church in London, Ontario, Canada. My name is Andrew Karam and I wanna thank you for joining us. If you wanna find out more about Mosaic, and about the work that we do, please check us out online at www.mosaicchurchlondon.com.